Hello, brethren. Brother Bob here again. In this podcast, I want God's people to be aware of the false prophets and the church. I do have a lot to say on this topic, so it might be a two-part podcast. Now, I'd like you to know that I've already recorded one version of this podcast topic, but then I threw it out because my spirit was vexed about what I shared and how I shared it. So if you're listening to this podcast on false prophets and false teachers in the church, you're actually hearing take two on the topic of false prophets and false teachers in the church. I was in the middle of doing a podcast about the judgment seat of Christ and the Lord put on my mind the sharing warning podcast about false prophets and false teachers in the church. Now time doesn't permit me to give you every single example of a false prophet or a false teacher in the scriptures or all the false prophets or false teachers that are out there that are in the churches because there are a lot of them. However, I do want you to know that there are over 50 references to false prophets and or false teachers in the New Testament alone. So I know that this is an important topic to cover, especially being that the church is in the end time. I know, I know. Some believers have been saying that we are in the end times since the Apostle Paul's days. However, there are a lot more biblically prophesied scenarios and worldwide situations going on today that more clearly line up with the end time scenarios in the Bible than there have ever been before. And I know that because I know what the scriptures tell me about the end time church. I personally believe that the only way that this wicked evil world and today's worldly compromised church of God are ever going to be restored to some semblance of decency is by the return of Christ. But that's a different topic for a different time. Let's get back on topic. On numerous occasions, Christ himself warned his followers about being alert for the false prophets and false teachers who will show up as messengers of God and try to deceive God's people. Fact of the matter is, some of these end time period false prophets and false teachers will be so good at what they do that they're going to mislead many, many believers. Matthew 24, 25. For false prophets and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. So I have warned you in advance. Those are the words of Christ. Now let me be real clear. These false prophets and false teachers in the end times will in some manner or form be part of the end time church. So let me say first of all that the false prophets and false teachers of the end time church will not always be some obvious religious warlock-like people who openly promote the practices of omens and casting spells. Most false prophets and false teachers are very good at being spiritually deceptive. And I believe that most false prophets and false teachers will use bits and pieces of God's written word as tools to deceive or mislead God's people. So let what I just shared sink deep into your spiritual brain thinking processes. Most false prophets and false teachers show up at churches with the Bible tucked under the arms. Most false prophets and false teachers in the church even have a Bible laying on the podium when they're teaching or preaching. And these Bible deceivers or misleaders usually always mention the Bible. They might even hold up a Bible once in a while when they're teaching or preaching. The problem is that these false prophets and false teachers very seldom use those Bibles to teach out of. And even when they do, they will mislead God's people because either they are ignorant of scriptures or they purposely deceive using them scriptures. You'll never find a false prophet or false teacher using their Bible in a line-by-line Bible teaching process because doing that would expose them for the phonies that they are. Now, I know that many of you are probably thinking, but Brother Bob, I don't see all this end time falling away and spiritual deception that you speak of. Oh, really, I say. When was the last time you had your shepherd talk to you about modesty? You see, if somebody 
doesn't teach what's in the Bible, and when it's right in front of their face, they're also deceivers and misleaders. They're just as bad as false prophets and false teachers, because if they're not teaching you what's in the Bible, they are misleading you. I hope you're understanding that. When people who are in a position of authority in a church refuse to teach the doctrines that are right there in front of their faces, if they purposely choose not to teach those, they are deceivers. They are false teachers. They are false prophets. They are leading you astray because they're not teaching you the stuff that you need to be hearing. So again, when's the last time you had your shepherd talk to you about modesty? Brethren, for the most part, Christian churches today talk, dress, live, and even smell like the world. The way that a lot of Christian women dress these days, even in the church, they would have fit right in as erotic dancers at a sleazy Vegas act in the 60s. Who would ever thought that Christian men and women would become so spiritually desensitized that Christian women would have no problem showing up at a public beach or public swimming pool wearing basically nothing more than a bra and panties? Don't try telling me that the church isn't compromised. And this lack of modesty in the church didn't happen overnight. Going slow and steady, false prophets and false teachers convinced God's people that it was okay to dress like the world, even if it involved dressing immodestly. Who would have ever thought the day would come when Christian parents would have no real issues with dumping their sweet, innocent children in today's evil, immoral, anti-God, hedonistic, socialistic government school systems? Don't try telling me the church isn't compromised. The Bible commands God's people not to be bound together with unbelievers. And yet most of God's people ignore that command like the plague. When's the last time your church leader taught you about getting your kids out of those government schools? If he's not teaching you that, he's a false teacher. He's a false prophet. Who would ever have thought the day would come when the powers to be in the church authority hierarchy would not only tolerate but promote homosexual relationships, political and social activism, racism, and the right for women to murder their babies? Don't try telling me that the church isn't compromised. Now, I know that not everybody in the church agrees with those things, but many do these days, brethren, and it's getting worse. And what's really sad is that in many churches these days, these sins are tolerated under the guise of love. And I wonder how many of you believers have allowed yourselves to be deceived by the false prophets and false teachers who teach that any believer who truly wants to get close to God needs to speak in a tongue or must prophesy or must believe it's necessary to get Holy Spirit baptized twice. Don't try telling me that the church isn't compromised. Now, any of you believers out there who have more spiritual insight than a third grader are aware that for the most part, the church is biblically dead. Not spiritually dead, but biblically dead. Oh, there's still plenty of spiritual churchy things going on in most churches today. The problem is, is that there's not much biblical stuff going on in most of these churches. Christ rebuked the church of Sardis because they had a name on the building that read Sardis Bible Church. But the believers inside that building were spiritually dead. When was the last time your shepherd taught you that the Lord does not want, not does not desire, but does not want women being in authority over men in church leadership roles? When was the last time your shepherd taught you that the Lord put men in charge of running the church and running the home? I could go on and on and on with a long list of unbiblical behaviors that are being taught in most of today's churches. So how did the church get to be in such a spiritual mess? Well, it always starts with the people in the church tolerating the false teachings of false prophets and false teachers. Any of you believers who do have spiritual insight already know that there are many false prophets and false teachers functioning in the church today. Sadly, though, most believers in the church today do not see the false prophets and the false teachers 
in the church because of their ignorance of the scriptures. Brethren, all those Bible warnings about false prophets and false teachers are in the Bible for a reason. False prophets and false teachers have plagued God's people right from the get-go. Right in the beginning, the false angel of light, Satan, crept into the paradise environment of Eden and basically acted as a false teacher as he tried to deceive Eve, which he eventually did. Yes, the father of lies, Satan, is skilled at being a false prophet or a false teacher. And as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, they went into hiding, and God came looking for them. Genesis chapter 3, verse 9 to 13. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And he replied, I heard you walking in a garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you you were naked, said the Lord? Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat from? Now the Lord already knew that these two people had sinned. He just wanted them to repent, or to at least admit what they had did. Verse 12, it says, the man replied, it was the woman you gave me. She gave me the fruit, and I ate it. That'll wait a man up, Adam. Verse 13, then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? And she said, the serpent deceived me. That's why I ate it. Eve was deceived by a false prophet. Now, I believe the terms false prophet and false teacher are pretty much synonymous. A false prophet is literally a speaker of untruths about God or his written word, just as a false teacher is. A person cannot be a false prophet without being a false teacher, just as a person cannot be a false teacher without also being a false prophet. False prophets, like false teachers, both speak untruths about God or his word. Now, I do believe that a lot of false prophets and false teachers in the church today do not truly believe that they are doing anything wrong. However, God's people need to understand that even when a believer unintentionally speaks words that are untrue about the Bible, they are no less a false prophet or a false teacher than the person who purposely speaks untruths about the Bible. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Over the years, I've heard many pastors, Bible teachers, or traveling evangelists do entire sermons based on an English word or words that they read in their English Bible that did not mean, in the original Greek, what it means in English. Let me use the example of the story of Lazarus's tomb. I did an entire podcast on the scenario of what went on in Lazarus's tomb. Please check it out. Now, the story of Lazarus unfolds in John chapter 11. However, what I want to focus on are just two verses. John eleven thirty three, When Yeshua therefore saw Mary weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, Christ was deeply moved in his spirit and was troubled. And the next verse is John eleven thirty five. Yeshua wept. So the Jews were saying, See how Christ loved Lazarus. But some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? So Christ, again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Hundreds and hundreds of times I have read Bible articles or I've heard sermons about how Christ was deeply sad and deeply sorrowful by what had happened to Lazarus because they used the English meanings of these words, deeply moved and troubled. However, that's not at all the reason why Christ was deeply moved and deeply troubled. Let me give you a more literal translation that tells us what the words deeply moved and deeply troubled actually mean in the Greek language. John 11.33 in a different translation. When Yeshua saw Mary weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up with him in him and he was deeply agitated. Brethren, Christ wasn't sad that Lazarus had died. Christ wanted Lazarus to die so that he could strengthen the faith of Lazarus' friends by resurrecting Lazarus from the dead. And yet these supposed faithful followers of Christ didn't catch on at all. Even though Yeshua had been telling and implying to them what his plans were for Lazarus. 
And because of their lack of spiritual discernment, Christ was both angry and disappointed with these people. The family of Lazarus was supposed to be some of Christ's closest and strongest followers, and yet they didn't get what Yeshua was trying to tell them about why he wanted Lazarus to die. Christ was deeply irritated by the lack of spiritual discernment and the lack of faith that he was seeing in these people who claimed to be so, so sincere in their faith. And because so many believers in the church are ignorant of sound doctrine, and because they are lazy in their Bible studying, thousands upon thousands of believers in the church today are not receiving the truth of why Christ was deeply moved and deeply troubled because their teachers are using definitions of the English words in the story of Lazarus to teach them stuff that's just not biblically true. And when a Bible teacher, no matter how sincere they might be, is teaching untruths about the scriptures, they are false teachers. That's why the Bible warns God's people not to teach God's word if you don't know what you're talking about. Now, whether or not they believe it or not, all those believers who teach this story of Lazarus incorrectly are just like false prophets and false teachers. Again, that's why there's a warning for believers who choose to try and teach God's word to others. You better know what you're talking about before you start saying, thus says the Lord, to others. Now, I know that not all so-called prophets and so-called teachers in the church who teach and prophesy falsely are purposely being devious. But nevertheless, they are still false teachers. I know that a lot of the false teaching that goes on in churches today is happening because the people who are teaching shouldn't be teaching. So with that said, it's important to understand that the false prophets and false teachers in the church today will show up with titles like pastor, shepherd, traveling evangelist, Bible scholar, Bible teacher, deacon, elder, bishop, and reverend, etc., etc. Simply having a church title doesn't make you a teacher of truth. Now again, even though I know that most false teachers in the church are not purposely trying to deceive, I am sure, knowing how evil Satan is, that out there in Christendom there are true, satanically led, evil and wicked false prophets and false teachers functioning within some Christian churches. They were in the Old Testament. Here's just a story. 2 Kings 21 verse 1. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Hepaziah. He did evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord disposed before the sons of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah his father had destroyed. And he erected altars for Baal and made an Asherah as Ahab king of Israel had done and worshipped all the host of heaven and served them. Yeah, so let me interject here. The host of heaven things that Manasseh served were not heavenly things. They were astronomical things. They were into worshipping stars and, and anything that had to do with the gods and goddesses of the stars or the moons or the planets. Verse 4 says, Manasseh built pagan altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem I will put my name. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. He made his sons pass through fire. He practiced witchcraft and used divination and dealt with mediums and spirits. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking the Lord to anger. It always amazes me the Lord allowed this to go on for 55 years. I think that's because he expected his people to deal with this, but they didn't. Even the once wise Solomon allowed himself to get caught up in this same type of demon-led worship. Now again, I know this goes on in some churches in there, out there in the world, but again, for the most part, the false prophets and false teachers that we see in today's Christian churches are mostly emotionally deceived people 
who genuinely believe that they're working for the Lord. Now, even with that said, I'm not excusing their behaviors. Emotionally deceived or biblically ignorant false prophets and false teachers in the church are just as bad as those false prophets or false teachers who purposely go into churches hoping to lead God's people astray. Brethren, there were wicked, evil, false prophets and false teachers in the church in Paul and John's days. So you can be assured that it's happening today in the worldly compromised church. And if you don't believe that demonic-led prophets and teachers are functioning in the church, you are a fool. In Acts chapter 20, verse 26, the Apostle Paul speaking, he says, Therefore I attest to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. But be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the flock of God which he purchased with his own blood. Because I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own people, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert. Well, it's amazing how many times I hear that be on the alert or be on guard or watch out when we're talking about false teachers in the Bible. And I hope you understand that the Apostle Paul shared this just a few years after Christ had resurrected. Deception is always deception, brethren, whether it was meant to be deception or not. Now I'm going to share my opinion on why I believe the Lord allows this corruption and distortion of his sacred word to happen and why he allows his people to be misled. Brethren, all believers have been called to be defenders of the faith. God has given his children the responsibility to guard and protect and defend his sacred writings. And when God's people refuse to do that, the Lord allows all kinds of anti-God forces to move in and replace his sacred writings with unbiblical but pious-sounding religious gibberish. Satan loves to see God's word distorted. Yes, the good Lord will allow this corruption and distortion of his word to happen because his children refuse to defend his sacred writings. And because of all the biblical laziness and biblical compromise in the church today, God's written word is often corrupted. However, I promise you that if you truly seek to know the truths of God, the good Lord will reveal them to you, even when the world and or the compromised church try to change them. Here's a little side note. I don't want you to feel hopeless thinking that because of all the false prophets and false teachers in the church today, God's people have little chance of ever learning the truths of scriptures. Brethren, if a person is genuinely seeking to know the truths of scriptures, I know that the best translations and most accurate versions of the Bible out there are still 98% as accurate as the original manuscripts that the Apostle John would have read. And praise the Lord, the Dead Sea Scrolls help to verify that the Bible that we read today is pretty much as accurate as the Bible that Isaiah or Christ or even Paul would have read. So I'm telling you that if you truly desire to know the truths of God's written word, you need to diligently study and learn your scriptures. And when studying, use Bible versions that have accurately translated the most original New Testament manuscripts that we have. And in my opinion, that would be the NASB Bible with the Strong's number embedded in it. Many of God's people have been led astray by relying on bad Bible versions. I would encourage you to try to get a free Bible software app like Olive Tree and be amazed on how easily you can learn God's written word with all the study tools you can get with this free app. And one more thing before I get back on track. Make sure you get a Bible app which allows you to get the NASB Bible and which allows you to add some study tools to it like the Strong's or Vine's Dictionary. Here's a little side note. Please stay away from using the KJV Bible. Besides the fact that Americans do not speaketh like it that anymore, 
It's a real bad translation. And anybody who's a Bible scholar knows that. I'm just saying it. Anyways, back on track. Woe unto those church leaders who knowingly tolerate or knowingly teach stuff that is clearly not biblical. I absolutely believe that every true born-again child of God will give an account at the judgment seat of Christ for how well they defended God's word. I will use Joel Osteen as an example of a church leader who is either a biblically ignorant believer or an emotionally deceived false prophet of God. Now again, I could list many other false prophets and false teachers actively functioning in the church today, both male and female, who deceptively or naively preach and teach as Joel Osteen does. But for time reasons, I'm going to stick with Joel. Focus on Joel. Now, I do not know Joel Osteen personally. He's probably a nice guy. But I do know what his biblical views are because of the words that come out of his mouth. And he may be a nice guy, but he is also a deceiver of God's truths. This is the Apostle Paul writing to encourage Timothy to stay true to the truths that he had learned from childhood and up from reading and studying his scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. But evil people and impostors will flourish in the church. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those things that were taught you from the scriptures. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Yeshua Christ. So even though Joel Osteen might be as sincere as sincere can be when he teaches or preaches, being sincere does not make him righteous. In fact, if you listen to the unbiblical and unspiritual words that come out of Joel Osteen's mouth, it is quite clear to the person who knows their scriptures that Joel Osteen is a false teacher or a false prophet. And sadly, many in the church would ignorantly say that Joel simply has a different view or opinion than others do. However, that idea is just not true. Joel Olstein doesn't have a different view of scriptures. He's making up his own scriptures as he goes along. Now, what makes Joel so deceiving is like any false teacher who's good at what they do, Joel will occasionally throw out some Bible words to make himself sound biblical. Brethren, it is a serious matter when people, sincere or otherwise, try to distort or alter or add to or take away from God's already established written word. And it's a real serious matter when false teachers or false prophets do this and then say the Lord told them to do that. I use Joel Osteen as an example of a sneaky false prophet because even though he is quite clearly not teaching sound biblical truths, he still manages to head to be the head pastor in a church with over 35,000 members. So please, please, please don't be duped into thinking that just because some self-professing man or woman of God is running a megachurch or making millions, that it's the Lord of Heaven who is blessing them. Satan offered Yeshua wealth and power, which Satan can do since he is the ruler of this world, if Christ would simply compromise his faith. Praise God we have a faithful Savior. And praise God that our faith doesn't have to rest on the wisdom of men. I believe that a lot of God's church leaders these days have metaphorically sold their souls to the devil. And in return, they have received power, wealth, and popularity. Brethren, that many believers in just one megachurch being spiritually duped so easily by a shyster like Joel Osteen should make it obvious just how unspiritual most believers are these days. 
And the sad thing is that there are thousands upon thousands of these same types of unbiblically run megachurches throughout this country. That fact alone should be enough for any serious-minded believer to see just how worldly and how compromised many, if not most, of God's church leaders are these days. And I only mention the thought about how many members are in Joel's church because Christ said, Many will come in my name and will mislead many. Sadly, God's people are so naive and so biblically ignorant and, and are so caught up in their unbiblical misunderstanding of the biblical meaning of the word love that they are easily swayed by the pious-sounding spiritual words of most preachers these days. And some of today's most popular self-professing prophets of God even have some of those high and mighty titles before their names, like the Most High Reverend Cephalo Dollar or the Mighty Bishop T.J. Jakes, or the great and honorable prophet Jeremiah. All these guys that are just mentioned are literally false prophets and false teachers in disguise as sheep. Brethren, many church leaders will have these super pious sounding titles that make them seem to be messengers or shepherds of God's people, when in reality those pious sounding titles are simply part of the deception and sales pitch. I just shared that with you because I wanted you to realize that today's false prophets or false teachers in the church come with all kinds of fancy, pious-sounding religious titles. Yeah, let me close out the first part of this podcast with Christ's own words. Matthew seven fifteen. Beware the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Matthew twenty four eleven. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Matthew twenty four twenty four. For false Christ and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead even, if possible, the elect. Luke 6.26 Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way. Now let's be honest, brethren. In today's biblically dull and dense church environment, it's really easy for a self-professing prophet or teacher of God's word to spew out pious-sounding spiritual words, and then proclaim that they just got the words from the Lord because you know very few, if any, are going to challenge them. Here's Bob's thought of the day. A Bible teacher who only knows a little bit about the Scriptures sounds like a Bible scholar when he's teaching people who know nothing about the Scriptures, and yet that same Bible teacher, most times, sounds like a Bible idiot when he tries teaching people who know the Scriptures very well. So I'm going to stop right here, Lord willing. I'll give you part two of this topic on false prophets and false teachers in the church next week. Your friend in Christ, Brother Bob. Again, the only way to know a biblical lie from a biblical truth is to know your scriptures.